It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Tuesday morning at Wax, a little cooler week this week than we had a week ago, but still pretty nice weather. Would have liked a little bit more rain falling, but uh, we got some. But we do need a little bit more. I think we got maybe a half an inch at the airport, and I don't think... Uh, much more than that. I think some places, though, I guess, did get uh, maybe an inch, but that was about it. But uh, we do need some moisture around here, but I don't see any for at least a week. We'll check with Mike Dandria later on. We're going to also check with a lot of other young people. Indianapolis, and Jill is here. She's got one foot out the door. You're getting ready to head out a little bit later on. Yep, I'm almost ready to go. And we got some good news we have last some... evening about Ben Steyer, who is our Wisconsin candidate, Ben from Menominee, of course, our candidate for national office. What's the update? He made the first cut, so he is into the finals. He's one of 17 or 18 members that are up for a national office. And they start with, what, about 35 or 40? Yep, they have started with 35 this year. All right, so uh, good luck to Ben. Obviously, he's already in Indianapolis. The convention will gavel to order. Actually, tomorrow, Jill will be leaving a little bit later on today, keeping up with uh, the activities of so many, many Wisconsin FFA members. You've already got... uh, you're in contact with a lot of folks. I am. I'm in contact with the Menominee FFA, New Auburn FFA, and the Marshfield FFA because they all have participants in the national level contests. All right. So, uh, and anybody else that might be involved in activities down there, Jill will be uh, sending back reports courtesy of H&S Manufacturing and the Nasonville Dairy. We want to thank them for sponsoring Jill's reports from the 95th FFA Convention for the future for all is the theme this year. So, again, good luck as young people are traveling to Indianapolis. I believe most will be going by van or bus or whatever the case may be, taking tours on the way down there. And hopefully they will have great experiences uh, in Indianapolis. And we look forward to Jill's report to uh, keep us up informed. And anything we get, we will pass along. But always a a great time. It's uh, fun. How many FFA national conventions with yourself and your kids? And, and of course, you've got so much family involved in FFA in Wisconsin and nationally this year. How many think you've been to? You've been to half a dozen national conventions? I bet you've been to ten. Ten, yeah. Good for you. So, again, Jill knows her way around down there at the National Convention, so she'll be keeping up with all the folks. If you see Jill down there, say hi and let her know what you're doing so we can pass that along, that uh, Mom and Dad know that, <laughs> that you made it, you're in good shape. <laughs> but, again, it's always a big week. The National FFA Convention, Crop Progress Reports, we've got that, and uh, lots more information coming up this morning. We'll also talk about pork, you know, October not only co-op month, but it's also pork month. And we'll get an update on the pork situation in Wisconsin. A busy Tuesday morning here at Wax, and we'll keep you updated as we go along, including an update on the weather. It looks pretty dry, good harvesting weather, but a little dust probably still going to fly. For those who work in acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As we said, uh, no rain in this forecast uh, unless there's a stray shower someplace, but uh, partly cloudy, partly sunny 
through at least the early part of next week. 49 today, then into the 50s. Looks like Saturday will be 61, Sunday 59, but again, partly sunny to partly cloudy conditions all the way out. 42 degrees right now in the Chippewa Valley. We're on our way to about 49, no 70s, but it looks like a 60 or two in our future. 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM, WAXXO Claire. 42 right now, we'll get about 50 today. Here's some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. Two weeks out from midterm elections and new polls are showing Democrats ahead when it comes to key races for governor. A CNN poll has Democrat Josh Shapiro leading Republican Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania by a 15-point margin. In Michigan, Democratic incumbent Gretchen Whitmer is up six points on Republican challenger Tudor Dixon. However, the race in Wisconsin is exceedingly close. Current Democratic Governor Tony Evers is up by only two points over Republican Tim Michaels. Western allies are accusing Russia of using the threat of a dirty bomb as a pretext to escalate the war in Ukraine. Mark Mayfield reports. Russian officials have been on the phone with their counterparts in the West warning that Ukraine is planning to use a bomb laced with nuclear material on their own territory. Russia says Ukraine plans to use the bomb in order to blame Russia for it. France, the U.K., and the U.S. rejected that warning in a joint statement on Monday, calling Moscow's claims transparently false. Russia has been evacuating civilians from the strategically important Kherson region in anticipation of a major battle. I'm Mark Mayfield. One of two former Minneapolis police officers charged with violating George Floyd's civil rights is pleading guilty. That means J. Alexander King now won't proceed with his state trial that was scheduled to begin Monday. He admitted to aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. Harvey Weinstein's sexual assault trial in Los Angeles has begun. Weinstein is on trial on 11 charges of rape and sexual assault in Los Angeles. He faces up to 140 years in prison if convicted on all charges. You're listening to NBC News Radio. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, you got some rain, good for you, because you're not going to see any more for about a week at least, it looks like, as we look for partly cloudy to partly sunny conditions right on through at least the start of next week. So pretty nice conditions if you got outside work to do as the harvest does continue. And again, if you are continuing in the harvest, we still got beans and corn to come off and some other activities to get done in the field as well. You know, get your soil testing done and uh, get uh, get things wrapped up. A little fall tillage still being done. So, again, work is being done. Be careful with the farm equipment. If you're out driving around, don't, uh, don't push them too much. Give them room. They don't want to be on the road any longer than they have to. They're supposed to be in the field. That's where they want to be. So, again, don't push them. Don't crowd them. So it'll be a nice week today. 50, partly cloudy. Tomorrow, sunny and 50. Then Thursday, Friday in the 50s. Saturday, about 61. Sunday, about 59. Under partly cloudy, partly sunny conditions. Right now, it's warmer to the east and uh, cooler to the west. Ellsworth is 37. Rice Lake, 40. Medford, 41. 48 in Wausau. Marshfield is 44. Lacrosse, 43. 
Green Bay, 60, with a little rain falling. Madison Sun Prairie at 53. 62 down in Milwaukee with a little light rain. And, of course, that's moving out. And right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area, comfortable 42 degrees. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And once again, our market is brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance and Jill, the livestock numbers. Choice fed beef steers are 140 to 151 with mixed at 107 to 138. Choice fed beef heifers are 140 to 150 with mixed at 88 to 137. Choice fed Holstein steers are 125 to 139 with select and silage fed steers 92 to 124. Cows are 64 to 99 with bulls at 82 to 99. Butcher hogs are 72 to 97. Sows are 51 to 64 with boars at 15 to 38. Shorn market lambs are 102 to 112. Unshorn market lambs, there's no quote. Feeder lambs are 101 to 205. And at the, who's going to help me with this when you're gone here this week? I'm going to be uh, uh, in a world of hurt. Oh, you'll be okay. <laughs> we'll struggle through. All right, let's take a look at uh, what happened in the livestock futures. At the Mercantile Exchange yesterday, live cattle futures were higher. October 151.60, that closed twelve higher. December finished one fifty four twelve up a dollar seventy. February one fifty six ninety seven up a dollar forty five. And April live cattle one fifty nine forty two up a dollar seventeen. Feeder cattle were also higher. November one seventy nine fifteen up eighty. January one eighty one ninety five up one fifty seven. March one eighty three eighty two up one fifty seven. And April up one fifty five. Feeder cattle closing at one eighty seven eighty seven. The lean hog carcass contracts were mostly lowered. December down a dollar twenty at eighty seven ninety two. February closed at ninety forty five. That was down seven. April hogs up a nickel at ninety three ninety in May down twenty five at ninety seven sixty five. We're going to get an update on the hog industry here in just a little while. Board of Trade was lower yesterday with harvest pressure, also some demand concerns, and what's going on in China with Jing Xiaoping or whatever his name is, got another five years of supreme power in China. So again, uh, what's going to happen over there? December corn overnight down uh, another fraction of a cent at 681. The oats down a penny at 361. December wheat down three at 835 overnight. November beans up four at 1376. Meal for December up a dollar twenty, four oh nine ninety. Barrel cheese down three at 206. Blocks up a quarter at 206, butter down a penny at 319. October class three down two at 2180. November up three at 2117. December up a penny at 1952. January unchanged at 1940. February unchanged at 1960. And uh, that's the way the markets look this morning. We are going to catch up. Jill caught up with Ben Steyer from Menominee. Ben down in Indianapolis. And again, he's running to be our Next, national officer from Wisconsin following, of course, our current state officer. Who's that again? Our current national officer is Courtney Zimmerman. Yeah, we have Courtney down there. She'll be giving a presentation. When does she give her? Her retiring address is Thursday night or Thursday at the last session of the day. Okay. And then she is chairing two sessions on Friday. All right. So lots of participation from Wisconsin FFA members. We're going to hear from Ben Steyer coming up. Courtesy of one of our good sponsors, the Nasonville Dairy. 
feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. National FFA Convention has started for some FFA members already. I caught up to Ben Steyer. He's down there as a National FFA Officer Candidate. Our program today is sponsored by H&S Manufacturing and Nasonville Dairy. So, Ben, getting started, you've been down there a little while. You've gone through a little bit of a process. Tell me what you've done so far. Yes, so I have been down a little while. I woke up early Friday morning this last week, flew down to Indianapolis, got in, as my plane landed around 10.30, made it to the hotel, and then Friday was a pretty chill day. Uh, I didn't have to do a whole lot. I was able to just kind of focus, think about some interviews and get my head in the right place. And then Saturday was our first full day, and so... That morning, we had a breakfast. I saw some familiar faces. Mrs. Zimmerman was there as the interim national advisor. She gave some remarks, uh, and the whole national officer team. And so I was able to see Courtney. I got a picture with with both of them um, and a lot of the other top dogs with the national that they were there. So that's how we kicked it off. And then we had a interview that day, our first personal round interview, which is a six-minute interview with all nine of the nominating committee members and then the adult consultants as well. So throughout this process, there's a committee of nine SSA members who are the ones who are scoring us. Um, And so all nine were there for this first interview. And then there's some different people involved in the process that don't really have a say in it, um, but they are there to ensure that every candidate has an equitable experience and that there's no bias. And so they're there as well, kind of monitoring and listening. So that happened Saturday. Sunday, we had the one-on-one interviews which consists of nine separate 10-minute interviews with every single nominating committee member. So as the candidates, we all go in, or we go in different heats. And so in my heat, um, there were a group of us. We would go in, have our 10-minute interview with a candidate. We all come back out. We wait a couple minutes for them to finish scoring on their rubric, and then we go back in to the next person, come back out, and then we just keep rotating um, for about 90 minutes until we have seen all the candidates, or all the committee members, I should say. Um, for 10 minutes apiece. And then this morning, we had stand and deliver round, and so that kind of looks like an extemporaneous speech. And so we get a prompt, and then we have 20 minutes to prepare a speech about the prompt that's given to us. We'll go in, in the room then with the nominating committee and the adult consultants as well, and an expert on the prompt. And so then we give a five-minute speech about that particular scenario, and then the expert in the room asks us questions about that specific scenario and so um that's the last one i had this morning i woke up around six and got that one done right away i was scheduled to go really early and then tonight um they have an announcement for who will be moving on to the next round um so i'm looking forward to finding out soon if i will be continuing some interviews or if this is it um and then prior to arriving to indianapolis we had an application back in august that i completed and just a few days before we arrived here a video prompt that um, was a five-minute video that we were to film back um, at home or at school, wherever we wanted to, and then send it in for the nominating committee to score and to get to know us a little bit better. So, And again, that's uh, Ben Steyer. That boy doesn't have a problem making up an extemporaneous speech, does he? He does not. <laughs> He's a good, good, good speaker, and he referred to uh, tonight, which was last night, and uh, that's some good news. And it certainly is. I got a text message that said Ben made the cut. So he is in the finals with, he told me it'd be 17 or 18 other members that would be 
up for mm-hmm. national office. Oh, that's good stuff. And so uh, we'll be following Ben and lots of other of our FFA members while the convention is underway for Ben. The uh, actual convention officially kicks off tomorrow in Indianapolis for the future for all. Crops are coming off. We'll catch up on that as we take a look at some of our farm news on Wax. Brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, Jill, how are the crops coming? Well, the U.S. farmers made good progress with the harvest this past week. They now have 61% of the corn and 80% of their soybeans in the bin. That's a 16% jump for corn and 17% increase in the soybean harvest in just one week. Both harvests are now ahead of the five-year average for the middle of October. With rain forecast for many parts of the country this week, the harvest is expected to slow down. Here in Wisconsin, 22% of the corn for grain is harvested, while state farmers now have 76% of their soybeans off. That puts the corn harvest a little behind the normal, while soybeans are about a week ahead of the average. State farmers also have 95% of their potatoes harvested, 91% of their winter wheat planted, and 43% of their fall tillage finished. Topsoil moisture ratings fell slightly this week, as they are now 75% adequate to surplus, 21% short, and 4% very short, with the driest part of the state in north in the northwest and southwestern regions. All right, and uh, need a little more moisture. We're going to lose a little more topsoil moisture rating this coming week as well. Almost 19 minutes after 5 o'clock, October, of course, is a busy month. Cooperative month, National FFA Convention month. Also, October is always pork month. We'll get an update on that coming up next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Growing up as a kid so many years ago, we had pork chops, pork roast, and ham. But the industry has come a long way. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And the industry and hog operations charity you found out are a whole lot different than they were when I was a kid. That's right, Bob. Pork producers across the nation are proud to be producing more pork than ever before with less inputs. Swine production uses 25% less water than 20 years ago. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. A.V. Roth, Wisconsin pork producer, shares more about what pork producers are working through and trends in the industry. But first, he talks about his farm development. Almost four years in the making, he now has all of the permits needed to expand his herd with a new facility. This new building would hold 5,000 sows, doubling his total herd. With this facility, it'll improve his operation, but it doesn't come easily. He shares more. So things are going pretty good. Finally got the permit that had been almost four years in the making. Got all the permits for the new facility about expanding. And things at home are going pretty well. Obviously, prices are up and having shipping issues and getting different things is always tough. And also, actually looking for a couple of people to work on the farm. First time in quite a long time where I've needed a couple of people. I had at least uh, two people apply and looking for one more and maybe someone to do some trucking. So you mentioned your new building. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what that means for your operation? The new building would 
would be a 5,000 style Faro de Lean. It would be here in Crawford County and it'd be more than doubling my total herd. It's a completely separate facility and separate barn and we're going to different people. So we're just going through that. Probably we'll do a little dirt work yet this fall, mostly just to get some areas that need to be settled over the winter and then hoping to start construction next year. How is inflation affecting your operation or plans for this? So that facility right there has more than added 20%, more than 20% onto it since we started. So just that alone is one heck of a number to swallow, let alone the more difficulties actually getting people to bid. I mean, we're having people bid on just the dirt work and they're like, well, this is it. It'll be good for five days. Like, okay. Same thing goes for building the facility. They will not send me out an actual, how much it would cost to build this until later on. As they say, it's only good for about 10 days and you'd have to decide whether you want it built at this price or the price could change. So it's been very interesting, a different environment to deal with than any of the other times I've built any buildings or done any dirt work. And the same thing goes for just the total input costs going on the facility. I buy most of my corn. I don't raise enough corn because we do corn and hay here for the cattle and the pigs. And the price of that has been pretty high here for quite a while. I did not think it was going to go up that high and stay there, which is good for corn farmers, which is great, but just definitely had changed the bottom line in the facility that I have at home as well and making you think about the new facility and what it means to that. What are other pork producers around the state telling you? So other pork producers around the state talking to them, like normal, we're having trouble with labor, like everywhere. I've been extremely fortunate down here. I'm having a guy that's going to retire that's worked here for 38 years on the farm. So that's pretty nice. You don't see that as much. And the people I do have working here, are, they've worked for quite a while, so it's a very veteran crew. So that's nice. But just it's the cost of the wages have been going up, and I try keeping the guys up as much as I can on wages. You know, I talk to them and see where they are. I always tell them it's not the best job, but it's definitely not the worst job. And you hear that around. I've talked to some of the packing plants, and they're still sitting at that 70% build to capacity with workers. So that really means they can't, some of that extra processing, like deboning hams. I know one that's sending them to Mexico, getting them to bone, and then sending them back. Just a value added that they're not able to capture because of the workforce. And I know it's not just hog producers. I know it's straight across the line. So just interesting to see how that affects. Same thing with prices and things like that. Hog prices are up, which it needs to be because of all the inputs are up. So at least there's that going for the farmers, which goes for across the board, milk, cattle. During COVID, some hog farmers were having to just euthanize their animals due to meat markets being shut down. How are things now? So I actually, on my farm, I sell wean pigs. So they go out about 15 pounds and go to someone else to market up to finishing. I can tell you about the sow market. They're really needing sows. And I actually just sent them out for almost the highest price I've ever gotten for a cull sow. So that is really nice. Same thing. I know that they are definitely short in places across the country. That's why the hogs are getting bitted up a little bit. There is concern with the Smithfield plant closing in California and how that's going to change all because they're worried about what Prop 12 meant to that plant and some other things. And as far as I know, they're going to lessen some of the sows they have there in um, out in Utah and places that went there. So I know there's a lack of labor. That plant's going to put some more pressure on hog prices. It may have already actually done that. With increasing your operation size, that comes with some struggles and potential hit or feedback from the community. How are you working to be environmentally friendly to have this bigger operation and still make sure your neighbors are happy? So I've had to deal with people that would be against this size farming. I've done everything I could. You look at some of the environmental things that we need to do. The amount of bookwork we got to keep, every load, every gallon that leaves my farm has to be tracked, where it went, what the weather was like, who spread it, time of year, field conditions. They have to know what the 
the crop was on there, what was the last few years, what it's going to be this year. That's got to be rolled over to the following year, what the crop's going to be next year. Um, and then you take slope in there. The big thing you want to talk about cars. You got to stay away from your car features. So if they're sinkholes, I have to stay so far away from them. The DNR came and looked through everything that they had given them, and they actually sent a five-page or more response to everything that people were against out to everybody that registered to hear about the new facility. Same thing goes for streams. You know, I have to take in the soil type and the slope and the time of year. It all determines how many gallons, when I can put the gallons of manure on there to reuse to grow the next year's crop. Some places I can only put half of it on in the fall. The rest has to go on in the spring because of the soil type. Same thing goes with slope. You can only put so many gallons on per application to make sure it's not running off, to make sure it's staying there. I got to go and every time I apply manure, I got to have a printout saying how that it's not going to rain more than three tenths of an inch in the next 24 hours. So I'm always looking at that, always aware what the rain is going to do. There's just a lot of things that go into it that people I don't know if they understand how much goes into being able to spread. And then they, you know, they talk about the pit. The pit has so much rebar in it, it's unbelievable. They built it the same as they would build any kind of municipality structure and to be able to hold and withstand any kind of problems that would be there. One thing I really like about being a farming family around here is people I work with are my family and how much it really is appreciated in the community, how much this is a farming community. I know there's some that are vocal against it, but there are vocal people out there for farming. And then going through uh, for pork producers, Wisconsin pork producers, going through looking at budget stuff on the national level, looking at the borders and trying to get workers in here on visas that would be year-round would be a great help. I know I live in a dairy state and these visas, half of them go to dairy farms. Uh, out of the 40,000 half go to dairy farms. That's tough. But here in Wisconsin, I know that's greatly appreciated. And I actually know some people from not just Mexico, but other countries that would like to come here and work and trying to work through that program to see if that's something viable. Other issues is always trade. One of the things that MPPC is pushing right now, besides the trade with China, but MPPC wants Kenya to eliminate tariffs on non-tariff barriers to U.S. ports. Now, I know it's not a big market, but it's just the things that MPPC is working on to not only have to rely on our big ones like Canada, or the biggest one is Mexico. Mexico right now, they're buying the most dollar and the most product. And then China and Japan are there. But we're trying to get these smaller markets around there. So in case you lose a big one, you'd be able to get everything around. The next big thing that's uh, working with the national MPPC would be protecting our borders. You know, we're trying to get more uh, Beagle Brigade out there because that's one of the best things to catch at the ports or at airports, catching people not even knowing they're bringing meat in. They're just, they don't know they can't. But if that meat would come in from even the Dominican Republic or, or Haiti, which now has ASF, and make it into our herd, we would lose 30% of our market immediately. All exports would be shut down. And so BC and Wisconsin Port have really pushed to try to beef up our security at the borders. And again, that's A.V. Roth from down in Watsika. And he's been a national leader of the national pork producers. He's got a handle on the issues the pork industry is really dealing with, and uh, there's a lot of them, that's for sure. So A.V. Roth down there in uh, southern Wisconsin, big, big pork producer and very informed nationally as well. October is pork month. Let's find out how the trade is going in livestock, pork, and beef, and everything else. Rocky joins us next on Wax. It's 5.30 in the morning. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 29 minutes before 6 o'clock. Let's get over to Premier Livestock. Rocky Olson is with us. Morning, Rocky. Did you get any moisture to amount to anything over there yesterday? It seemed like we got a lot of rain. Good. I don't know rain totals, but it seemed like we got a lot. 
Well, good. We uh, we need some moisture, that's for sure. Well, what, uh, what's what been going on? It's only Tuesday. What happened yesterday over at Premier? Uh, thanks, Bob. Good morning, everyone. This is uh, Monday's auction shaped up here at Premier. We sold 940 head yesterday. Uh, fed cattle trade is steady to slightly higher. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 125 to 141. Select and low choice, 114 to 124. Choice beef steers and heifers, 127 to 143. Market cows steady. High yielding cows from 72 to 84. Most cows trading from 58 to 71. Market bulls high yielding, 90 to 106. Lower yielding, 89 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. High yielding cows from 85 to $1.12, lower yielding 84 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves mostly from 80 to 150 per head. Your beef calves 125 to $400 per head. Holstein heifer calves 10 to 50. Today, Tuesday, we got our special monthly dairy heifer auction. We're expecting five to 600 head of dairy heifers. We got opens, breads, and springing heifers. Definitely say we'd have uh, more uh, bread heifers and spring and heifers than normal. Uh, we'll probably have well over 150 bred heifers. Many top groups of AI heifers selling. Uh, many sets from 28 to 33,000 pound herds. Several loads will be registered. Uh, then tomorrow, Wednesday, we get another dairy cattle auction. We got five complete dairy herd dispersals, three conventional herds, uh, two organic herds, one herd of 85 organics, and half of them will be purebred jerseys. Full listing of consignments on the website with more details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us, 715-229-2500. Machinery auction, November 18th, guys. I know it's coming up fast, uh, but you got an advertising deadline of next Tuesday um, coming up. And uh, then our hard uh, deadline, the last day you could bring equipment, is going to be on November 7th. So if you haven't got your equipment in, uh, I know we talked to a lot of you out there, hey, I got this coming, I got that coming. It's high time to get your equipment in. So uh, we'll be around here, bring it in and uh, Bob, that's the way it shaped up. All right. Busy, busy place over there at Premier Livestock. Thanks, Rocky. We'll talk to you in the morning. Thank you. There he goes, Rocky Olson over there at Premier Livestock in Withy. Well, he said uh, he thinks they got a lot of rain. We'll find out. Mike's going to tell us next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's go over to Skywarn 13 and find out. Mike Dandry is over there at, uh, at the weather room. Well, scattered rain. Anybody get enough to make a difference? Well, there were some places that uh, got about a half inch and others down by the Cooley region. They got uh, about an inch, according to radar estimates, too. So while not a drought buster, I think that we can both agree, Bob, that uh, anything that we get at this point is uh, is much welcome. Yeah, we're dry, but I'll tell you, a lot of parts of the country are in serious drought. So mm-hmm. uh, what we get is, is nice, but not going to happen for another week. Absolutely. I mean, there's still uh, the... the Staying dry, at least for the uh, for the harvest. Now today we'll have some intervals of clouds into the mix. We'll start off with a good bit of sunshine. Temperature wise, much cooler than yesterday, uh, getting only to about the fifty degree mark, which puts us a few degrees shy of our seasonal average. Tonight, partly cloudy skies hang around. Temperatures dipping to the low to mid thirties. Tomorrow, a little bit more sunshine and temperatures a little warmer, still only into about the low fifties. Mainly clear tomorrow night around the freezing point for our lows. And Thursday, mid-50s for our highs. A little bit more cloud cover, but still 
uh, staying dry. Then more sunshine takes us through Friday and Saturday, climbing back to the upper 50s, maybe even into the low 60s by Sunday. And then for Halloween, partly sunny skies hang around. A little bit warmer for the kiddos going trick-or-treating, still into the upper 50s. Now, at the moment, we do have mostly clear skies and a temperature of 41 degrees in Eau Claire. No, and still... Way off Green Bay, Milwaukee, the showers are moving out over that way, huh? Yep, and it's uh, starting to cool down there, but just a few hours ago, uh, Milwaukee was in the well into the 60s, but yeah, now starting to cool off a little bit. Very good. Thank you, sir. Absolutely, Bob. You have a good one. Will do. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our weather. Brought to you by H&S Manufacturing, also one of our sponsors for our national FFA convention coverage. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And uh, wishing she were going with us to uh, California. Let's go to the newsroom. Morgan McCarthy, you spent, you've traveled around the country a lot, haven't you? All 48 except yeah. Alaska and Hawaii. So those are, those are my two. But man, the what's Redwoods. Your, what's your favorite? Favorite part of the country or favorite state? For the 48 that you've seen, yeah, what part of the country? Well, whatever. besides home sweet home here. Yeah, I, yeah. I have a soft spot for Wisconsin. We have a beautiful part of the country. Oh, we no truly question. do. Um, but if I had to pick, you know where I was truly impressed with? Uh, I was really impressed with Utah. It was really pretty yeah. in that part of the country, and I wasn't expecting that. But when you're talking about California and maybe putting me in the carry-on, those redwoods, you feel like you're in a fairy tale. Yeah, you do. Looking Maybe, up, yeah. and that is that you can only see that in person for it to translate. The pictures, you can't you know, get the same feeling. It's you amazing. Stand under them and look up, and you know they're three thousand years old. And that's why it always makes me nervous when I hear about these wildfires in California. Mm-hmm. Protect, boy, and they boy. go to great lengths to make sure yeah. that the redwoods are on touch. But still, I hear fire, and I think too, I three thousand years old. You can look up and still see when you originally carved your name in one of those. Right? Yeah, that's for sure, <laughs> man. I'll tell you, they're unbelievable. Well. We better get back closer to home. What's going on around here? We're going to start with those headlines that keep us here in the Dairyland. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We now know there will be felony charges against a UW-Eau Claire student who said there was a bomb in Towers Hall. Prosecutors yesterday charged 19-year-old Mason Waymeyer with making terroristic threats. Investigators saying that he made those on a social app and police saying there was never a bomb, no one in real danger. Police say the Waymeyer told uh, his friends dared him to make that post. He didn't think it would be taken seriously. Stretching that lens a little wider across our state, Waukesha Christmas Parade Attack Trial Judge Jennifer Jarrow scheduled jury instructions for today. Now, that process, it could take up to six hours, meaning closing arguments could happen late today or maybe tomorrow on Wednesday. Now, Jarrow was clear on what she expects from the defendant. Darrell Brooks Jr. sounded like this from the bench. If he can't pledge to follow these very simple rules of courtesy and decorum that are consistent with the rules of procedure and the rules of evidence that he will very he will be in that other courtroom for the his closing argument so that i can exercise mute frankly to protect how he looks to that jury Adura ruled Brooks, who's acting as his own attorney, forfeited his rights to call any more witnesses or testify as a result of his behavior after attempting multiple times to determine whether he intended to testify on his old behalf. In other headlines that bring us nearer to us, a priest who worked in both Wausau and Chippewa Falls has resigned after accusations of sexual misconduct. Father Mike Pierce resigned from two churches in Wausau over the weekend. He's facing claims that he had sexual contact with an underage boy decades ago. He'd worked at both St. Michael and Resurrection parishes in Wausau and formerly was a priest at Notre Dame Parish in Chippewa Falls.
And we look to Wisconsin's elite search and rescue team. They're back. Members of Task Force One held their first training exercise in nearly four years this month. The task force disbanded in 2018 because of contractual issues. Those had to be settled by lawmakers. There are about 90 members trained in search and rescue, and they can be deployed anywhere in the country, usually within a matter of days. Speaking of the country, let's take that trip around the Union, shall we, and land on the West Coast. Of course, Bob will be going to California. And there's a woman there now who's hard at work trying all things pumpkin. A team at Finance Buzz hired Sacramento resident and pumpkin lover Lara Clammon to fill a pumpkin spice pundit position to taste test all of Trader Joe's pumpkin flavored fare. Clammon is the founder of the Pumpkin Everything Facebook group, which has more than 140,000 followers. She was sent to her nearest Trader Joe's to purchase, taste, and rank all of the pumpkin inspired items on the store shelves. Her top five treats are the pumpkin breakfast and snack bars, pumpkin cranberry crisps, gluten-free pumpkin bread, and muffin mix. Pumpkin brioche twist and taking the top spot are the spicy pumpkin samosas. Nika Magahis, NBC News Radio. Away from the pumpkins and back to the harvest, we go to the barn with Bob Jill and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. I, I wonder if we could live without a Facebook post like that. Oh, I, I could live with it. In fact, I live without it most days. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Technology is wonderful. Have you carved your pumpkin? No, I haven't. No? I haven't carved. I haven't carved one in years. Oh, it's time to since get dirty. The kids were around and things like that. We need but, your big mitts to get those boy, pumpkin guts out. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, that's half the battle. It is. <laughs> I was always good for that. I believe it. Oh goodness! And then you give it to uh, to Barn to put in her Easy Bake Oven, right? Really <laughs> yeah, makes something right. nice for the family. <laughs> then we sample her pumpkin variety. <laughs> and, uh, it's good. Goodbye. Oh, boy, see you later. Anytime, Bob. There goes Morgan in the newsroom this morning. Well, about uh, 18 minutes before 6 o'clock, more news, markets, busy morning here. 42 degrees right now, and I wait about 50. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes before 6 o'clock, and Joe, what else is going on? Shouldn't have a problem having eggs for breakfast. No, we shouldn't. Egg counters are at it again. According to the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service Chicken and Eggs Report, United States egg production totaled 8.83 billion eggs in September. But that's down 3% from last year. Chickens laying those eggs in September numbered 373 million. That's down 4% from 2021. In September, Iowa led in egg production with just over a billion eggs. Ohio was second with 905 million eggs, and Indiana was third with 896 million eggs produced. Egg production in Wisconsin totaled 144 million. That's down 4% from last month and 14% from last year. Laying heads on hand during September totaled 5.71 million, up slightly from last month, but down 16% from September 2021. And the American Farm Bureau Federation announced... Farm Bill Priorities. At the top of the list is protecting Farm Bill program spending, followed by a unified Farm Bill that keeps nutrition programs and farm programs together, with the idea that one single bill that supports the people who produce the food and the people who need assistance accessing nutritious food for their families is an efficient method of bill writing. A federally subsidized crop insurance system, as well as adequate staffing and funding for the of the USDA's technical assistance programs for farmers and ranchers are also on the Farm Bureau's list of priorities for the next Farm Bill. And it'll be interesting with the midterm elections, 
Republicans want to hold up on writing that bill, and Democrats want to go ahead with a new farm bill. We'll have to wait and see. It's quarter to six at Wax, and we've got markets coming up. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 14 minutes before 6 o'clock, 41 degrees out there. And it's time to hear from market manager Hut Eamon and Sparta Equity. The Fed cattle selling steady today with the high-yielding choice beef steers and heifers 144 to 152. The choice and select beef steers and heifers 133 to 143. The dairy cross steers 124 to 140. The high-yielding choice Holstein steers 130 to 138. With the top of 140, the choice and select Holstein steers 119 to 129. With the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers 118 and down. Cow market steady to lower with the yielding cow is 72 to 82 at the top of 87. The cutters and utilities 56 to 71 with the low yielding and canner cows 55 and down. Organic market today with results from the October 24th sale with most organic cows bringing 90 to 105. The thin and small organic cows 69 to 89 with the organic steers and heifers bringing 110 to 120. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 89 to 95 with the thin, full, and bulls over a ton discounted at 79 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing 90 to 170. The quality Holstein heifer calves 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves 2 bucks to 350 with the light and poor quality calves 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, October 26th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hut Eamon at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Now well, let's get more reports from the Equity Barn. Stratford is where we go now. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. And uh, the season gets busy for you starting today, huh? Well, yes. Good morning to you, Bob. Well, for all those that are following the election, which is exactly two weeks from today for uh, actual election day. But in-person absentee voting does start today. So uh, if folks want to do that and beat the rush, that does start today. So depending upon what municipality you're in, uh, most of your larger cities have regular hours. Uh, our smaller municipalities like ourselves, we basically take voters by appointment. So uh, uh, just be aware of that. So. You bet. It is the season. Get out and vote and express your opinion, whatever that may be. All right, sir, what's going on? It's Tuesday at Stratford. Bob, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start with the cow market yesterday. Now, these are conventional cows, folks. Uh, mostly steady trend here as compared to uh, last week. High-yielding, fleshy Holstein cows selling yesterday from 72 up to 85. Most of the cows yesterday were selling between 51 and 71. Thin cows, like carcass cows, below the $50 money. On the bull trade yesterday, your better quality bulls selling mostly from 85 to 105. Lighter weight bulls, 82 and below. Uh, calf market yesterday, good quality, 90. 230-pound Holstein bull calves, 70 to 160, uh, top at 165 on the bulls. Bull calves, heifer calves, mostly from 25 to 65. Uh, your good quality beef calves, they continue to be in very good demand, 175 up to 355. And we'll have an update on the fed cattle market for you folks. Uh, we sell most of those tomorrow. But anyway, we are at Tuesday now. I uh, got to get that going today. We started 10 o'clock this morning uh, here at uh, Stratford with the hay and bedding auction. Uh, like I mentioned the other day, we do have a lot of bedding on for sale. We have large square bales of rye straw. If you folks are looking for that, we do have small squares, consignment of small squares of third crop, uh, large square bales of hay, and also round bales of hay. So good selection of hay and bedding. That'll be at 10 o'clock. 11 o'clock, we do uh, do the market auction today. We sell organic market cows today, followed by the conventional cows. And our next feeder cattle sale will be a 
of course, tomorrow. And uh, as part of that feeder sale, we do have a consignment of British white park steers. So not that you uh, don't see those every day. So you folks are looking for something like that. We have that part of the feeder sale. Just want to look at it a little bit to next week. Our next dairy sale will be one week from today. Tuesday, uh, uh, November 1st, and we do have a complete herd dispersal, 40 registered Holstein cows for that sale next week. We'll have more to say about that later. And also coming up next week will be that special red-hided uh, feeder cattle sale featuring the red-hided feeder cattle. So that'll be November 2nd. Again, all this information on these upcoming sales is on our website, Equity. Go up, click on the Stratford page, and you'll be there for all that. So, Bob, that's what we have this morning. I do not have a rain total for you. I think I put my rain gauge away, I think. I hope. Otherwise, put it away. Froze. Well, it's been froze otherwise. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you got a little, though, didn't you? Now we got decent rain last night. I Good. Woke up, it was pretty heavy, so I wouldn't be surprised if we were... Uh, somebody will call in probably, but I, I'm guessing half an inch or better, so Good. well needed. Yes, it was. All right, sir. Well, you enjoy it. We'll talk to you in the morning. Sounds good, Bob. Enjoy the day. Thank you. We will. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at the rest of our markets, brought to you by Synergy Cooperative in the Ridgeland area during this National Co-op Month. Board of Trade was lower yesterday, harvest pressure and uh, some demand concerns. Overnight, December corn was a fraction lower again at 681. Oats down a penny at 361. December wheat down three at 835. November beans up four at 1376 overnight. And December meal up a dollar twenty at $409.90. Country elevator prices. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location. Corn's at 621 with soybeans at 1305. And no quote from Doomer's Grain of Holman. And on our DTN screen, corn today at Golden Plump, 640 a bushel. At Baldwin and Mondovi, corn 626, beans 1291, Duran 616 and 1281. Elmwood has corn at 626, beans 1296 today. Fall Creek 611 and 1256. Osseo 631 and 1296. In the Stephen, let's see, Stevens Point doesn't report Elk Mound. We've got uh, soybeans at 1301. Sparta is 623 and 1284. Ellsworth 606 and 1241 at the ethanol plants. Both Boyceville and Stanley have corn at 630 a bushel. New Richmond 628. Barrel and block cheese both trading at 206 a pound. Barrels were down three blocks up a quarter. Butter down a penny yesterday, 319 a pound. October class three down two at 2180. November up three at 2117. December up a penny at 1950. January and February both unchanged. January 1940, February 1960. Again, a nice day if you're traveling. Partly cloudy, high about 50 today for those going to the National FFA Convention, including our own Jill. Travel safely, and we'll be looking for your reports, courtesy of H&S Manufacturing and the Nasonville Dairy. I'm looking forward to catching up with those members down there. All right, and uh, lots to do down at the FFA Convention. If you're traveling, travel safely, and uh, when you see Jill down there, give her a high five and... Uh, let her know you you listen to her and enjoy her reports and we'll catch up with her and our FFA members down in Indianapolis. The convention officially starts tomorrow. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.